0: Love, talk, radio. are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil morning show with your host Nadia Khalil good morning everybody and welcome to today's show today is the 27th of January I'm looking at us being over January by Saturday that's crazy But we are, and it will be February soon. And um, I did want to say yesterday with um, losing Kobe Bryant and his daughter and seven other people, families, kids with their parents going to play basketball. Um, Yesterday morning, I was just cooking in the kitchen, and I heard a plane went down. And when I heard the plane went down because of its location, I knew it would be somebody that we knew. I don't know why or how, but I just knew because that area, it's usually the people that we hear about in media or or have some kind of professional public life. And I was talking to my son and I, I told him, you know, a plane, a helicopter went down near where we live. And I don't know who it is, but I'm pretty sure it's someone. And while I was talking to him, they were showing a picture of Kobe Bryant and saying that it was him. And I thought, there's just no way. There is just no way. And it was like this out of nowhere in the middle of your life. And initially I thought, with five people that it was his family, but actually his family was six, and I I didn't realize that the other baby was born yet, but that's what happened. And that whole day yesterday, my immediate reaction was I just started crying. I just started to cry, and I thought, God, why and how did I feel that close? And that sad. I obviously didn't know him, and we know a lot of celebrities, and I, I've never had that reaction, but that made me cry. And I realized it's never good or easy to lose good-hearted people. And that good heart, without us ever knowing it, it got into us, got into a lot of people. And we just we just don't understand why we lose good sometimes. And then as the day went on, and there's reporting and there's you know obviously a lot of stuff he did after basketball that isn't widely publicized, that may be publicized in those smaller circles, he just kept on going. And I saw an interview with him. And someone said, you know, why are you doing children's books and why are you doing film and you're doing all this stuff after you retired? Why don't you just like retire? Like what in you just did not retire? Why don't you just go and play golf? And he said, well, I don't do anything I cannot master. And I take that quote to start today that he said, I don't want to do anything I cannot master and everything we got to see was the things he did his best on I saw another interview and I just had this on all day I was cooking all day but I initially couldn't even eat I I got that sad and then as we found out, it was his daughter included and other children and other parents, and it was more people than they thought, and the whole thing. And I thought, God, you know, his wife, she, they just lost two members of their family. The three daughters that are still in the mix, the younger two didn't really get to know him that well, and the older one knows him very well. The seventeen-year-old and his wife. His wife, she, her husband, and her daughter went out, and, and this is what happened. But I learned a lot about mindsets, even though I wrote up this show on Saturday of how he thought. Why were we attached to such a beautiful? person, the way he behaves, and somebody said about him, he wasn't interested in everybody loving Oprah, he was interested in how Oprah built Harpo, her company of companies, it's like a conglomerate, I mean, that's what he was looking at, he was always looking at what was grander, and he would challenge himself, and When he wasn't competing with others, because he was a great competitor in sports, he became his own competitor. He competed with himself. He set his own goals and and went after them. So then we have today's show, which took on now a different meaning to my heart and to my mind. And I thought to myself, why not take on the best filters we can making our decisions? Like, what do we have to lose? Nobody here, none of us, is guaranteed anything but the time that we have. So why would we not enjoy that time as much as we can? Because creating a resilient mindset and filters and making decisions is just by the way we talk in our head. And there's two different mindsets, two different dominating filters that we have. And they will decide the way we think about anything we do and what the natural outcome will be. One is a fixed filter that says, I'm not good at skating, let's say. And the growth filter that will say, I just haven't learned how to skate yet. not that you're not good at it, but you just haven't learned how to do it yet. Another example would be, I'm just bad at that. I don't really care. But yet a growth mindset or a growth dominant filter in your mind would be, well, it's not a priority for me to learn that right now. Again, I go back to, I don't want to do anything I cannot master. Because what that, just that sentence says is I also know what doesn't matter to me. I can't be everything. But I can be good at some things. I mean, think of all the stuff that's here and what we gravitate towards. As a child, I always wanted somehow to play piano. I remember friends taking piano lessons and all of this business, but I didn't have enough passion for it to actually bug my parents to take lessons, get a piano, or whatever it was. I just loved the end product. So I thought, well, why don't I just listen to it? I loved it in songs. And, and back in, in my time, when you saw a band, they didn't have like all the electronics yet and all the synthesizers and all that. That did come like in the 70s, in the psychedelic world. But prior to that, they actually had piano and drums like you would have to hear them. So when you go back and listen to older music, you actually hear a drum beat and it sounds different than when it comes through electronics, even though they can mimic it quite well, but you can, you can hear it. And it's just wanting something that's real, wanting what's real to you. So I thought, well, okay, there's that, the fixed filter that doesn't want to grow, doesn't want to change, doesn't want to try, and has its whole excuse buffet as to why not. And then there's a growth filter. And there's a growth filter that sounds different in our heads than the, well, this is the way things have always been. Who am I to change things? Who am I to try something new? I don't have time. I have a million things to do. But what the fixed dominant filter doesn't know or doesn't want to know was that it can learn something new and what it learns that is new could take away a lot of this stuff that you're doing that's just spinning your wheel. It's not taking you anywhere, but yet you're giving it time and you're giving it energy. And so what happens is you just stay the same. So I thought, with all these different mindsets, one is stuck in thinking and one is flexible. There's just the fixed and the growth. The stuck and the flexible. Flexibility will always learn. There's that um, saying about the tree, that in the wind, If the tree is too stiff, the branches will break. And if they are flexible, they will just bend and come back up. And the tree gets to survive, or the branches get to survive. So what happens if you say, and you're sitting there listening, and you go, oh, wow, I have a fixed filter in me. I have a hard time allowing myself to take chances, or to see myself as the person who does. How do I get self-trust? How do I trust what I'm thinking? Because to do anything great in our lives, whether great means raising our children in the best way we know how, waking up every day and saying, wow, I have another day to live. What am I going to do in it? What do I want to do in it? And being able to trust that you will do it. And to believe in those capabilities that you have enough to be flexible, to say, hey, you know what? This didn't work. And not only did it not work, it didn't work because I can't handle it working. It didn't work because I realized I don't have enough passion for that. If I don't know what my passion is today, I'm sure I will find it by trying things. I loved piano, but my passion turned out not to be to learn how to play it. I just loved piano. So now I could listen to it with other people's passion, their gift, and my time went somewhere else. And I had to keep looking. And I always knew I was interested in people. I wanted to be a broadcast journalist because in my little brain, I thought that's how I would help people. But because that always was behind my thinking, how we feel, what we do, why we do it, those have been the questions of my life. I think my biggest surprise was that not everyone wanted the answers. There's a lot of people who fight your answers. So, what what is it? What are those? There's like seven things that can just amazingly improve your life. The first one is trusting your filters, trusting that, hey, you know what? I kind of get a good feeling by now, what I like and what I don't. You have a mindset of setting goals. Just to yourself. You don't have to go and announce them to the world and tell everyone what you're going to do and then feel like not only did you let yourself down, but now you just let everybody down. Just do it a goal. Say, you know what, in three months, by then, I'll be walking three miles a day or two miles a day. By the end of three months, I will have taken this habit out of my life. Either I'm not eating right, or I'm eating too late, or I'm drinking too much, or I'm waking up late every day. But within two or three months, I will have worked my way out of that instead of I can't help it. That's just who I am. I have no willpower. Well, if I have one vice, this is it. And we start justifying. But if you just tell yourself, I know I could do it. Why why don't I want to try? Because once you try, you won't be able to let yourself down. I noticed that once people start working out, They start wanting to eat better because they don't want to have to work out to process stuff that isn't working for them, that's making them bloated, that's making them not feel good. But then if they stop working out, they go back and eat it because they figure, well, it all went to hell. Set your goals quietly. Don't make the announcements over and over of what you're going to do. Because that puts pressure on us. And then we, again, don't feel like we're just letting ourselves down. We feel like we're letting everyone that we told that down. And now we have to answer to them on top of. So we're setting ourselves up for pressure and stress for something that's already filled with pressure and stress. And that's making a change. And that leads right into the next one, which is the patient filter. What am I rushing to do? Why am I trying to do something that takes people sometimes years to do, and I'm going to do it in a month? Well, if you're going to do it in a month, you're probably going to miss 90% of the steps that you need to actually do that. So the bigger question is why am I not patient with myself? Why don't I enjoy a process? Why do I believe that if I don't do this in a month, it will never get done? Which takes us to the next one, which is the courageous filter. Takes a lot of courage to trust ourselves enough to be patient, enough to set goals, especially As we get older. Because the older we get, the more set we are in our ways. And the more we're willing to accept that this is just the way things are. Yes, I may have wanted that. But if I don't do it, yes, it really doesn't matter. But it does matter to you. Because we thrive when we are growing and we shrink in our own minds, to ourselves when we are not. We start to feel like, you know, life is just the same every day. And we start to feel that like we're growing older feeling, because we start to feel like we are not with ourselves when we are not taking care of ourselves, that we're just a taskmaster. We're just, you know, one more day. Oh, gosh, this boring life, or I'm not really excited in life, or I'm not really happy, or I feel lonely. We start talking like that because we have taken away our greatest asset, and that is taking the time to learn. So once you kind of feel that courage to face, to set goals, to have patience, You start to grow into a more focused landing spot where you say, hey, that's not something I'm actually interested in. I thought I would be. I liked how it looked at the end, but the process of it, not really interested, not my thing. instead of I'm not good at it. Because if it was your thing, you would do it and you would be good at it. Being focused takes you into being positive, where you have a positive filter that you go through that says, instead of, I'm not good at it, I'm good at anything I actually set my mind to. Because when you start talking like that to yourself, this is all a conversation between you and you. You go into this space in our world of a learning mindset, of a learning mindset, and you start thriving. Even if you just wanted to buy a new rug for your living room, a big area rug, and you start researching rugs, and you start Finding out about different kinds of wools and different kinds of countries and different kinds of styles. And do you like color or don't you? And what do you want to put on top of it? And how do you want it to feel when you walk in that room? And, And do you want it to be inviting? Do you want it colorful? Do you want it happy? And you start opening. It's just a rug. And anyone else who walks in may not even notice what you notice. But because of the time you put in, because of what you know, you guys can talk about different mills, different countries, different styles, different aspects, the whole nine yards. If you want to go back to school and you start learning, and you may have raised your kids and think, well, I've been there, done that, and then you find out You start taking child development classes and you realize there's all these different theories and you say, why has no one talked about this earlier in life when parents could have used this information? And then you may start something, a program or something like that to bring people to a level of awareness so that we are better. To our family members, that we are more productive with them, that with the time that we have with them, we all learn more because that's when we will feel good about each other. That's when the self-trust going back full circle for self-trust and goal setting and patience and courage and focus and positive mindsets all come into play. Whatever our dominant filter is, is it stuck or is it flexible? Does it say no before we say yes or does it say maybe, let me try. Let me see if I like it. Let me see if this is fun for me. Because I may only like it an idea and I've spent my whole life saying I'm not good at it. And that I'm not good at it turned into I'm not good at anything. And that I'm not good at anything turned into judgment of anyone else who tried. And that judgment turns into making fun of other people because now I'm not as good as other people. And, and you can see how that's growing in that direction. Because when we are not learning, we are picking on those who are learning. And we try to bring them down. We compete with them head on and we try to make them feel bad for doing what we ourselves did not do. That's why when you meet people who really have learned a lot and know a lot about one or two things in life and they're good at it, don't judge others. They don't have the time. They're not paying attention because they know that I found what I'm good at, so I'm going to be even better at it. I'm going to study it. I'm going to do it every day. So they're not looking at what everybody else is not doing. That is not their crowd. That is not their tribe. And they know enough not to go there. My son, who's autistic... When he would see somebody who would just say to him, because he wanted to play baseball, you better have a plan B. I can tell you as clear as day, he never, ever spoke to those people again. Not because he didn't like them. Not because he judged them. There were two reasons why he didn't do it. One, he understood. He understood that he had a dream, but the dream was real. And he could not handle being around people who didn't have dreams. He didn't care what the dream was even if it was carving wood or it was just exercising their body and being really good at that. But he wanted to be around the kind of brain that believed in dreams. That was the first reason. The second reason was he did not want to hear or see how that even played out in everyday life because the autistic brain is completely efficient. It takes out what doesn't work quickly because it only has the kind of thinking or space to focus on what does work. Because the autistic, there's a lot that doesn't work in our world. They cannot tolerate not working. They are hyper-focused, but they are a clear example of the difference between stuck and flexible. They are more flexible because whatever they have to do to do what they want to do, whatever they have to do to do what they want to do, they are willing to do, and that willingness is why we're starting to see now that they're growing up because 92 is the breakout year in autism. We're starting to see the first autistic this and the first autistic that. Because they will not go to the stuck side. And they don't want to be around anyone that's in the stuck side because it scares them. They understand. That that's a mindset they could be, but they can't even really relate to it. And they know they only have so much time, so they have to spend their time in this lane and not in that lane. And they are patient, patient and they are courageous, and they are focused, and they are positive. I remember... When my kids were younger, and normally my daughter was the flexible one, and and my son didn't really talk yet, and then we were having a conversation about parenting, and they were telling me, wow, we don't know if we could be parents, if we could put this much time into raising someone. I said, well, now you're just too small and too young to think like that. Your job now is to be a kid. When you grow up, you could think about being an adult, but right now, just be the best kid you could be. And then my son said to her, to my daughter, yeah, we just got to be flexible. This is the circle of life. He just knew. It wasn't time for him to be me yet. It's time for him to be that, but one day he'll be me because it's the circle of life. Kind of felt like a Lion King moment right there. So today focus on anything. is to focus in. Do I say I'm not good at things or I'm just bad at it or do I say it's not a priority and maybe I'll learn that. Maybe I'll try that. I just haven't learned how to do it yet. What is my dominant filter? Do I have trust in my mindset? Do I set goals mentally and compete with myself? Push myself just for myself, that satisfaction of seeing myself start something and finish it, am I patient with me? Do I have courage to try something new? Can I stay focused? Am I positive? Because I know I could be, but I keep waiting for that day for it to show up when really I'm the one who needs to move the wheel because I want to live in that learning mindset. What a great way to start this week, you guys. I just have a great appreciation for life today, and I thank you all for being here every day and allowing us all to keep learning and growing together. I love you guys, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.